All right. Uh, welcome to the Family Business Podcast. I'm Ryan. I'm Kobe. And uh, we're father and son duo. We own a business together. And we decided to do this podcast to just talk through business. We end up doing it all the time anyway. We talk marketing. We talk business. We talk sales. And so it's a cool opportunity to do that and to explore some cool ideas revolving around business and our experiences doing it. So yeah, we have uh, a cool show plan for today we're going to yeah. talk about failures not super fun but not fun. it is good to learn from best yeah. lessons you ever learned right right uh what's the quote you i never lose i just i either win or i learn a lesson right <laughs> so. <laughs> so true um before we get started i think you should stand up and do a little twirl your uh your outfit's it's pretty cute it's today pretty cute yeah it's got the i'm styling the sweater the white the white kicks on if you can get them up that pretty pretty fly for a for an old dude. <laughs> My socks even match. Look at that. Oh, he's got My the socks pink match. socks on with the pink My shirt. Polo. What? What? Styling. Looking good. <laughs> I uh, I've been waiting to pair those socks with this shirt because I I like pink right now and waiting for the day that you yeah, can wear it. <laughs> but I kept wearing the pink socks and then they'd be dirty and then I'd be like, oh, I was gonna wear that with that yeah. shirt. So that's awesome. So my uh, my snowboarding pants are pink. Yeah. And the other day I pulled up to the mountain. I'm in the, you know, we're in the big parking lot and they're coordinating everybody, right? And mm -hmm. so I'm putting my boots on. And I'm like kind of bent over, tying them up, whatever. And the, the parking kid in the parking lot goes, excuse me, ma'am, I need you to close your door for a second. And I stand up. And this was like after No Shave November. So I had a beard and stuff. And he's like, oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry, dude. Like, he just couldn't believe it. He called me ma'am. That's but awesome. I get it. I mean, I'm wearing pink pants and yeah. from behind and snow clothes. Probably look like Pink's a lady. It's hot right now. It is. It's yeah. hot, yeah. It's kind of funny. Even our new logo for Connection Media, pink. It's you pink. know, I just, yeah, I'm drawn to it. It looks sharp, and for sure, I've seen uh, NFL players with pink cleats, and it's cool. Yeah, so, right. Kind of fun. Cool. I think you should show what you're doing for our logo. For our logo, yeah. Okay, yeah, I can pull it up. I'm still tweaking with a bunch of the colors and stuff. Like everything's, yeah. I like and it so far, though. It's it's it kind of cool. Good. So. Well, it's got a little bit of retro vibe to it, plus it's got that uh, he's drawing us. Kobe's an incredible artist, if you haven't seen it before. Um, you can go follow his Instagram. What's your Instagram? I think it's art.kobe. I don't know. I'm in the middle of revamping everything, starting things back up. But here is the – and the ring light kind of makes it hard. But oh, there's that the, causes a glare. There's the – maybe if I hold it back a little further. I don't know. Kind of hard to see, but family business. Kind of cool. I designed yeah. all the – drew everything out on illustrator still tweaking the colors and stuff and then i have and then underneath it we're going to put uh drawings of each of us yeah and this will be the um i'm just working on a graphic of me right now it's going to look it's kind of backwards everything's flipped because it's on self look 35 and it, everybody's <laughs> telling me i showed some people at bni this morning and they were like dude you look way too old in that <laughs> so i gotta go through and kind of tweak some stuff it's taken a while and i'm i'm kind of relearning everything as i go because i used to an illustrator yeah i used to mess with illustrator when i was younger yeah um but i just haven't for years because i always i just use procreate on my ipad to draw right because it's a lot more free-flowing and like creative, right. whereas Illustrator is way better for designing graphics and stuff because everything's right. – you can vectorize it all and 
blow it up as big as you yeah. want or whatever, you know. Um, but it's been kind of cool. I've just been That's cool. relearning how to use all the tools and stuff. And it's just such a complex software. Yeah. Like I've spent hours just figuring out where stuff is. and But it's kind of cool. It's been well, fun. Well, watch for the it. debut of the logo <laughs> right yeah it's gonna come soon. it's gonna be sweet when it's, you see it but i one day so far this is like iteration number five or something so yeah i've tried so many different things and completely that's, restarted and that's how we are with logos though yeah Picky it's a work in it. progress yeah i want it to be right though so yeah i'm willing to spend some time on it for sure we'll get it done so yeah. um this is episode three i think right Yes. Yep. Episode three. Episode three. three. So uh, today we want to talk a little bit about uh, failures. Um, we talked about fears last week yeah. or two weeks ago. You were out of town last week. Yep. Um, so we talked about fears. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about failures primarily because um, I think a lot of times you see someone who's successful or who you view as successful and and there's you don't know what's going on inside their head you don't know what they're dealing with on a personal level and not only that but they're they're not an overnight success like if they are successful you didn't see the stuff they had to go through to get there for sure and so when a lot of people are afraid of failure they're afraid of messing up screwing up making a mistake and so this is uh this is an attempt to one normalize understanding that failure is part of life and embrace it, learn from it, and then uh, for two, it's just good to you know good to talk about it and talk about some of the the things. So you've been thinking about your biggest failures. Yeah, let's let's go. What <laughs> let's do you got? Yeah. Um, well, I've got I've got two. Okay. Um, I've got one that really stands out um, because it was. The first time I really like learned a lesson the hard way in business. And I didn't even like at the time realize that it was business. You know, I was yeah. mowing lawns yeah. when I, if I was, I think I was, gosh, probably 16. 16. Yeah. You were I, driving. I was driving because mm -hmm. I was pulling, that was when I started pulling my trailer around. Yep. With and our I, janky old Suburban. <laughs> yeah. It, it was just as, the trailer was just as janky. The trailer as the, was worse. It was bad. It was like a, a patch job. We took a, <laughs> trailer we got for free and then yep. we built in a grass holder with this plywood like this and it molded tall and, and it was moldy and gross but uh, we painted it like this nasty purple color with <laughs> racing stripes and then put flames on the side and it was just it was terrible it was terrible but we had this one client and he was kind of an older dude very particular wanted it mowed yeah. on a specific a of mine. time he's actually yeah, <laughs> yeah. but he uh he was, you know, he hired us out. This was the first summer that we had done his lawn. And I remember one week, it was me and my buddy, Isaac. Um, and one week we wanted to like, just go do, I can't remember what it was. We want to yeah. go to the lake or something. So yeah. instead of mowing his lawn, we went to the lake and we were like, oh, we'll just do it tomorrow. Um, and he sent me, or I think he called me. I think he left me a voicemail because he didn't get a hold of me because we were yeah. at the lake. Right. And he's like, yeah, just so you know, um, you're not going to be mowing my lawn anymore. <laughs> He's like, we agree that you were going to do it on this day every single week. And I didn't really communicate with him. I think I may have sent him a text or something just said, hey, something came up. Right. I'm going but, to the lake, but I'm not telling you I'm going to I, the lake. <laughs> right. And I think I think this may have been the second time that it happened where I had to move it 
because of something real the first time, but then right. this time it was for fun. Anyways, he fires us, right? And right. so I'm like, crap, And on that his sucks. end, he's probably, he owns a business. He owns a business. He's probably getting time off, making sure things are covered so he can be there when you're mowing, mowing and pay you and do all that yep. stuff. And so completely inconveniencing him like crazy. Absolutely. <laughs> and I was completely oblivious to that. You know, I, yeah. I didn't think of that. I just wanted to go to the lake. But I learned a valuable lesson because yeah. he fired me. And I was like, okay, yeah, no, this is a responsibility. Like these people are hiring me to be here when they want me to be here. Yeah. And they're going to pay me to do the work that I'm supposed to do for them. And if I don't do it right then and there, then they're going to find it elsewhere, you know? And so that was very valuable to you me. You know what's funny is as a parent, like you really want your kid, like I really wanted you to learn work ethic and responsibility and all of these things. And I had that same thing happen to me. I don't know if you know Did that. You? Yeah. I, um, we, I grew up in Las Vegas and there was a family, my family knew through church and they called one time, called my mom and said, Hey, uh, you know, I was a teenager and they needed some really grunt work done in the middle of the summer. It's super hot there. They had <clears throat> kind of a ranchette, if you will, kind of a bigger lot. And then they had this wall and behind the lot was this kind of water retention uh, wash thing and the wife really wanted it cleaned out and it had really high tumbleweeds and stuff and it was really you know just looking bad and you could see it when you were coming up to their house because you came up from behind so anyway she hired me to clear this thing out and she was going to pay me whatever an hour i don't know i'm yeah. old so it was not very much but it was the worst work and i was yeah. just not happy so i would show up late and i would stand back there and just barely like i just wasn't putting effort in and i didn't want to be there i mean there's a lesson in not doing like not accepting jobs that you're not willing to do right but i wanted the money and so i was willing to do it supposedly but i was not in a hurry to get this done and sure. i was moving slow and she called and fired me through my mom because wow. they were friends yeah and so she called and fired me and i was like i was devastated i was like so like i could tell i disappointed my mom and I was just so discouraged. I was like, I'm such an idiot. But it was a great lesson. Like, yeah. do what you say you're going to do. Right. Be where you say you're going to be when you say you're going to be there. Like, those were good, uh, good lessons. And I'm sure you took from that too. So, for me, thank you. We're not going to name names here. Yeah. Right. Thanks for firing us. <laughs> it was a good lesson for yeah, Kobe. So for sure. It yeah. was really good. And for Isaac too. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And he, you know, he continued with the lawn care business and yeah. I know he's very on top of that now. I'm sure he remembers that very sure. vividly, just like I do. Yeah. But we got fired and then it was funny. Like afterwards, I was like nervous to go to his restaurant and stuff. Yeah. I'd be like, what if he remembers me and remembers me sucking? And <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he remembers me at all. Does it? It's been years. Well, yeah, I've, I've been there multiple times. You change a lot from, you know, in that age period. For so. sure. Yeah. But he probably does. I don't know. Yeah, he's, I'm sure. He's well, a good and dude. I'm sure he, he is a good dude. And I think yeah. he wanted to teach me that lesson because he saw me as like, okay, if you're going to run a business, you yeah. got to, you know, that's, and I remember him saying something along those lines. Mm -hmm. Like, I hope you remember this. Like, you got to, you got to awesome. be on top of your stuff. What and a stud. So, yeah. Shout out to that guy. Un unnamed do, do guy. Think he, I don't think he'd be embarrassed if we mentioned him. I don't think so. So it's James from uh, Lost Texan. The Lost Texan. Barbecue. Yeah. yeah. Freaking phenomenal Great barbecue. barbecue. Oh my goodness. Amazing. So good. So yeah. it's in Pleasant View. If you're interested in some barbecue, come grab some. Yep. Somebody posted on Facebook, what's the best uh, 
barbecue in in uh, Ogden, and like ten people were talking about Lost Texas yeah. on there. I was like, yeah, it's that's legit. great barbecue. So I was yeah. gonna go put it on there, but it was well represented already. So yeah, right. So yeah. Anyway, thanks for good lesson. Yeah, right. Okay, so what's your second one? So the second one um, is actually a lot more recent. So it was with Roof Max. Um, it was this past season. Well, it wasn't this past season. Let's see. She so it was a customer, and she was treated about a year and a half ago. I want to say, um, and at the beginning of this this past spring, um, I received a phone call from her, and she's like, "Hey, we're getting some shingles blowing up in the wind. They're just kind of flapping a little." bit. She lives in a very high wind area, so yeah, it's really hard when we do like a tune up and go seal down all the shingles we can find that are loose. It's easy to miss some, and you know. It just over time, just sitting in the sun, they, they're yeah. going to get loose anyway. So yeah. um, I was like, okay, yeah, let, let me know, you know, when a good day, like when you're going to be around and I'll come repair them. I was like, I can come out this week, whatever. Um, she's like, well, I have an insurance agent coming out to look at it. She's like, they should be out here tomorrow. Um, you know, whatever. So she has the insurance agent come out and I'm like, just let me know when he's done and I'll come out and repair it for you. Um, then she... You know, I didn't hear back from her and I just got busy. It was spring. And yeah. so I was doing a ton of estimates and stuff, but I came back or no, I, I get a text one morning and it's a photo of half of her roof in her front yard. So some roofers had ripped all the shingles off mm. and they're sitting on a tarp or in a dumpster. I can't remember, but they were just covering her yard. And she's like, she was just super angry. It sent this long text and she's like, you know, we, we had to replace half the roof. The roofer told us that you didn't do anything to the shingles. There wasn't any glue holding them down. He didn't under, you know, the roofer right. didn't understand what the product was. And so he's expecting to find glue, like actually holding the shingles down sure. better, whatever. But the, the roofer essentially told her, yeah, they didn't do anything. You need to replace this roof right now. It's right. under warranty for four more years through us. But because I didn't. You know, there were certain things I could have done probably sure. to have her communicate with me first rather than have a bunch of roofers come out who are obviously going to try and sell her mm -hmm. roof. But um, she's demanding a full refund, right? Threatening to sue, in a, sue us. And I'm super frustrated, probably got a little too frustrated with her at first. And I was just like, why didn't you call me? Why didn't you talk to me? It's under, right. you know, and then, um, you know, that causes a lot of stress for us because she's expecting a full refund, which, right. you know, for us is the cost of the product which is super expensive right. i think it was about 1700 bucks worth of product right. and then four grand to you know to give her money back so that's like we're out you know yeah. six six thousand dollars essentially right. um just in materials and then cost you know for her and so i'm like gosh i you know we can't we don't have six an extra six grand right. laying around that we can pay her off so I'm super stressed out about it, trying to figure out what to do through RoofMax with the warranty. Um, and I'm like, I don't want to pay this lady back, but it might be, might have to. We don't want a bad right. review, you know, that's going to kill us for years. Um, and so we ended up actually calling a lawyer. We were talking to her and she's yeah. like, honestly, you're the best thing that you can do in this situation is to appease her whatever she, right. whatever her needs are whatever's going to make her feel satisfied mm -hmm. is what you have to do because that review that she could leave even if and i mean she's an older lady so it might not be her it might be her granddaughter right. or you know her her daughter you know somebody in her family that's a little more tech savvy and a little more you know they know that that bad review is going to hurt us so she's like whatever it takes to pay her you know pay her back it might cost yeah. you a ton now but just know in the future 
you know, we hadn't really had a contract. We didn't really have something for people to sign. And I think it was just, you know, a little bit of me just being naive and thinking, right. oh, yeah, people are good. They're going to pay me, you know. But we didn't have her sign anything saying right. that this is non-refundable. So, I mean, there's like six or seven different lessons packed into this one story. But we ended up, I ended up going back to her house. I did a bunch of repairs because I didn't replace the whole roof. And so she did have some shingles that were loose. Um, but I paid her back. You know, we paid her paid her back for the for the treatment, and then um, now she's like she wants to be my best friend. <laughs> it's hilarious because I was like so frustrated and yeah. like stressed out about it. And then the last time I went back to her house to give her the check, she's like, "Oh, honey, come in! Like, I want to introduce you to my sister and and like all this." And I'm like, "Oh my goodness! Like, why do you like me right now?" We were like <laughs> screaming at each other on the phone like two weeks ago, you know. Yeah. But it was kind of cool because. You know, in hindsight, looking back, now I see it as, okay, I turned this, what could have been really bad and really right. hurtful to us, you know, through a bad review or whatever, a bad business, better business view, bureau review or right. whatever, you know, um, I turned that into a positive. And like, if I went to her right now and tried to, you know, get a testimonial from her or something, I'm sure she would leave us a review. I'm right. sure she'd give us a five-star review because right. I just made sure She's I was like, us. you know, it's more important to me that our customers are taken care of, right. even though it was probably not the best roof for us to spray. I think it could have made it with some repairs, but yeah. it was kind of on the edge. And at the beginning, I just wanted to just, you know, get close some jobs and close the deal. But now I realize well, I shouldn't have. The thing is like, it's not even that you shouldn't have, because I feel like the deception was probably on the roofer's part. Sure. And and even if it was an intentional deception, because he didn't understand the product sure. or the warranty that we offered. And so, and the insurance guy is probably like, you're going to need a new roof. And right. instead of actually looking into it and realizing what we had done to the roof and shingles coming missing, that's part of our guarantee. So we'll go back out and replace them. Right. Probably would have been fine. Probably would have been but fine. that isn't what happened. No. And it doesn't really matter what we think yeah. because the roofer had already torn off the roof. Right. It was already done. Mm -hmm. And um, we were, you know, basically just kind of up a creek. We, it was right. too late for us to remedy the situation. And I think a lot of times uh, I see this in business owners, they get this pridefulness of like, well, I'm not wrong. Right. And they're probably not. For sure. But sometimes being right doesn't help the situation no i don't think we were wrong i don't think we owed her the money um, for her roof replacement or any no. of that however for me it was a form of marketing right. and it was a situation that was terrible it wasn't fun it hurt like crazy it was right at the beginning of the season when we had just come off a really long winter so we were yeah. cash poor yep we didn't really have the money and so we had to fork over all this money to to a gal but i looked at it and i'm like that's marketing Right. It's a marketing expense because if we get her to like angry people tell a lot of people about their problems. Yeah. You know, unfortunately happy people don't tell as much, but we decided it was worth the investment and it was a dumb situation like it wasn't really either of our faults. Right. It was, it was just a dumb thing. Yeah. It just happened and the order of events and and she's probably naive a little bit in inviting a roofer over and then he's like, We gotta get this up. Like we gotta, we gotta go right now. This, right? He's yeah. using his sales pitch. I don't yeah. blame him, whoever that was, for no. that. But like we would have done it differently, right? And right. and so she didn't give us that chance. So it's frustrating in those moments, but good lessons learned and Right, for sure. And I you know, Kind of back to what you were talking about earlier, where you're 
talking about looking at super success, successful people, right? We all kind of have role models and mm-hmm. people that we look up to. And, you know, I have a ton right. and uh, looking at those people, you don't see those failures. Each and every one of those people probably has more than most. And that's For why sure. they're so successful is because they've taken those failures and they've yep. learned from them. And so, I mean, we did a lot of, we had to learn a lot of things through this situation where it's like, okay, first of all, we need some reserve just in case somebody freaks out like this again, or some crazy accident happens or, you know, whatever. You never know. We need some reserve for that. Mm -hmm. And then we also needed, we wrote up a contract. So now we have an agreement when people, you know, are. And they understand what things are. It's in writing. understand. And I walk them through it and I say, this is non-refundable. We are not going to pay you back. And so, you know, we didn't realize that we needed those things, but for the one customer out of, you know, we've probably done 120 roofs now, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. The one out of 120, you yeah, like, good lesson if, learned. If we would have had that contract before, we would have, you know, so it's just learning those. And I think a lot of people going into business are probably scared of those failures, scared of those things that you can't yeah. control. But the thing is, like, I feel like more often than not, you can turn it into something good, even if it feels terrible in the moment. Because it didn't feel good to lose 6,500 bucks right there. Nope. After that job. You know, I was like, gosh, that sucked. And I spent a ton of time with her. It just answering the problem. And it was kind of a nightmare situation, you know, where I was just, it took tons of time from me, tons of money. Um, But now we're better prepared for next time when something like that happens. Right. And, uh, I don't know, kind of cool that we were able to learn from it rather than just. So this one time, your uncle Matt, um, uh, my brother-in-law, my sister's husband is a successful orthodontist and businessman down in Las Vegas. And I was telling him about, I don't even remember, I can't really remember what it was, but I was telling him about some money I lost or put into something and it just turned into nothing. And it was quite a bit of money. Um, And it was a business expense, but it still... It just, I I wish I could remember what it was, but I just remember sitting next to Uncle Matt and I was telling him about it and and I said, um, yeah, it's, uh, man, we lost this money or or it didn't go well. I I wish I could remember what it was because I could tell you more details. And and he was like, yeah, he's like, I call that tuition. And I thought that was such a valuable lesson because sometimes you invest in something and it doesn't work. Right. And you can learn two lessons from that. Did you put enough into it? With the investment, some things are outside of your control. I think, actually, I think I know what it was. Um, we had paid for this education um, seminar thing where we would go and learn, and it was really hyped well. And when I got into it, I was like, man, I could teach most of these classes. Like, this is basic knowledge. Yeah. But I still got some good value out of it. But they went out of business when uh, COVID hit. Oh, wow. So we lost like half of our investment oh, yeah they already had the money holy cow and then we couldn't get the classes because they were just gone yeah and so anyway it was very frustrating and it was a big investment i think it was like thirty thousand dollars it was a massive one and we had to take out a loan to pay that 30 grand it was man it was crazy and it was really kind of just a punch in the gut when right. you lose the, you know fifteen thousand dollars if you will and and i also wasn't feeling like the investment of thirty thousand was worth it when we were into it you know it just felt like it was a year-long process and you had a coach and you had all these things like valuable stuff really sure. and we did get some good information out of it but to lose half of it was really discouraging Oof. so but matt was like it's tuition right and it's true, especially as a business owner, that kind of number would have completely freaked me out when I was first starting in business. $30,000, you know, it just seems like a crazy amount. And it is. But when you're in business, your expenses are a lot bigger, you know. For sure. 
my print bill on an average month is like twenty to twenty five thousand dollars, you know, just every single month. So it's almost that same investment that uh, for one month of printing. So right. Um, but anyway, that's that's called chalk it up to tuition. Right. We, we paid tuition on that one. But I like that. Matt's yeah. awesome. He's, he's awesome. He's super smart. Super smart. Good businessman. Very successful. Mm-hmm. So so my failures. I've been thinking about this since we decided this was our topic too. The first one, it reminded this actually reminded me of the pink, the pink. shirt. Yeah. yeah. Because um, my wife and I dated for about a year and a half before we actually got married. And most people who know us don't know this part of the story, but we met in college. We dated for four or five months. I don't remember the exact timing, but we um, were in love and we wanted to get married. I had a ring custom made. Um, it was pretty quick, a lot quicker than I was actually comfortable with and we got to this point where we started kind of bickering fighting which we don't really fight very often you know we really have a good relationship it's nice to be in a relationship where you just don't we don't argue like we disagree on stuff for sure but sure it's just not a common thing and it's usually my stupidity that we're fighting over so (laughs) we were engaged we had a date set and one of the things that i decided i was going to die on the hill of was she wanted our colors to match her mom's colors from her wedding when she was uh, getting married which were pale pink yeah and like a sage green really pretty colors yeah but for some reason i was way too macho <laughs> to have pink at my <laughs> at wedding your wedding and i knew all my buddies were gonna just roast me Give if i crap. let us have pink as our wedding color so i threw a fit and mom um is pretty easy going Mm -hmm. she wasn't going to stand for it yeah (laughs) so she was just like no so anyway that was one of our fights and i and we actually broke up soon after that not just over that but over quite a few things that were happening and so i look at that and we broke it off like we were done um i was you know crying in my cereal every morning i was miserable i was unhappy and I knew I had screwed up and I didn't think there was any way I was going to get the opportunity back. And so I was just devastated through some cool circumstances. We actually got back together and reconnected and got engaged and our love really hadn't dimmed. We just, it wasn't quite figured out yet. It wasn't quite the right timing. And so when we did um, get back together, you know, it took another probably seven or eight months. So, Whatever it is, it was about a year and a half that we total from when we met to when we got married. And uh, anyway, grateful that I didn't uh, screw that one up. That would have right. been a, a massive failure. And you wouldn't even exist. I wouldn't be here. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> Glad you didn't screw that one up. Yeah. And then, um, but from a business standpoint, um, I have so many. It's actually kind of sad. And it, if I had to list them all out on paper and like reveal <laughs> it to the world, I would be so embarrassed. But yeah. even though we're talking about how good failure is for you, oh right. my gosh, it just... It makes me sick to think about these, but my biggest one so far, (laughs) and I say so far because there's always that opportunity to make another big error, but we were, it was 2006 in uh, 2005, I left Cutco and I had, you know, that was kind of my first real job was, was a district manager for Cutco. We ran a, a sales office, learned a ton, great opportunity. And I left there. And I quickly moved into a new career, which was uh, mortgages and selling these investment packages and helping investors, real estate investors, get loans and and do deals on houses. And I just remember sitting across the closing table 
so many times when these investors would close on these deals and they would make profits of twenty five, thirty, fifty, a hundred thousand dollars on deals that they had done. And I just remember thinking, I'm on the wrong side of this table. Like I can do that. I can right. do what that guy's doing. So for three years I thought that as that each of these deals would close. And I think, man, I got I gotta do something like that. So two thousand five, if you do the math, to two thousand seven, I'm just fuming that I'm on the wrong side of the closing table. And so we dive in. I get two partners, and one's a real estate agent, the other one was a mortgage officer with me. And we uh, start looking at, and we find a way to buy some houses. And we bought, I think, three houses over the course of a, of a few months. And they were foreclosures, so they had a little bit of fixing up to do, and we'd fix them up, and then we'd, uh, we were getting ready to sell them. Well, in the course of that three-month period, the uh, if you remember the 2008 you're too young for it I but mean, i was seven but yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> but anybody who's a little older remembers 2008 because the real estate market crashed and it crashed super fast but we were buying these houses that had at least 30 percent quote-unquote equity in them that you could yeah make. that we could make by once we fixed it sell them and make this profit well sure. we thought even if like m mom and her wisdom, and she's a very prayerful person, and she gets answers. And she's like, I just don't feel like you should do this. It's I get a bad feeling about it. And I was like, whatever. And then you read the, or watch the news, and the news is like, uh, real estate is really you know in trouble. There's some problems in the economy, like all this stuff, all these yeah. warning signs of like, don't do this. And I'm like, I can still do it. Because even if you buy a house, like what's the likelihood that I buy a house that has 30% equity in it because it's a foreclosure, the, yeah. the market's going to lose 30%. Even if it loses 15%, we'll just discount it and take a, a lower amount on it. We're going to be fine. That's the way my logic right. works. It took about 30 days, and Las Vegas was the one of the first to crash because it had a massive bubble, and it was also one of the fastest crashes and one of the biggest. It was 50% on those houses. Holy cow. So now we're in the hole, and we had borrowed money from friends and family and from ourselves, right? But if yeah. you're only affecting yourself, you can only look in the mirror and be like, you're, you're an idiot. Right. But we were not affecting only ourselves. We had friends and family involved in this. Yeah. It was a mess. Like, it was just so terrible and frustrating and just one of those times in life where you just, you don't even know what to do because you have these houses now and... We had um, somebody decide they wanted to rent to own our house. They would travel to Vegas for fun and for business from Texas, I think, or something like that. Had another one that was a, a pastor, and his income changed. And he sold his house to us, but then he rented it back from us. And then um, the market changed, and um, we were going to sell it. And then he was like, well, I want to rent it. So we rented it to him for a while, and then... Um, the market changed and he quit paying us rent. Oof. So we had these mortgages, you know, I, I can't remember what it was. It was like $12,000 a month in mortgages that weren't ours, you know, that we weren't living yeah. in. And my partners, they're like, we can't do anything. So one of them left and went to went back to college. The Ugh. other one moved back home. We moved into one of the properties so we could live and not have multiple, you know, more payments than necessary. But um, we, some of the houses we were able to short sell, some of the houses, um, we, they actually went to foreclosure. Uh, well, I think only one 
ended up going to foreclosure. One of them we sold, but we lost about a hundred thousand dollars on it. Um, it was all ca- we had bought that one cash, like we had used our money, and then um, my parents had put some money in on that one, and it was a little condo, and we didn't do our research. You couldn't have renters in this condo. And oh then we had a goodness. water leak right after we bought it and Oof. it like ruined all the carpet. So just so many problems and our lack of experience and my stupidity and not listening to mom and not listening to the warning of, you know, uh, experts and really over leveraging ourselves, you know, using all of our cash and getting into these spots. It just was, it still to this day just makes me sick to think how <laughs> dumb we were and how uh, much of uh, how, how painful it was, you know, one of the worst experiences of my life. It was really bad. So kind of wild. But. And I remember that, like I, obviously it was seven, but yeah. like, I remember that time, like that period, like it was stressful and yeah. we were moving on. We ended up moving here. Yeah. After, you know, shortly afterwards. That was after the like, house foreclosed. Yep. And then, uh, moved up here and the bank came to us and what was common back then, which we would have never done this, but if there was a tenant, and we were a tenant to our company, right? The company sure. owned the property, but we were a tenant. If there was a tenant in a property and they came and said, your house is being foreclosed on, the tenant would a lot of times get angry and damage the house and steal things like light fixtures and copper out of the walls. Oh, like it was yeah. kind of crazy. And so banks got into a pattern where they'd come and say, hey, we'll pay your moving expenses. We'll give you $3,000 or whatever to move. Right. We're sorry this is happening. And when they said that, they were like, we'll give you $3,000. I was like, sold. Because <laughs> so, we were struggling. We didn't have anything at that point. And yeah. I was kind of starting to – I was working, but um, I wasn't happy with that. And I was looking for something else. And so uh, that's when we made the decision to move up here. We lived with your grandma for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then um, I looked for work up here. And the economy wasn't as bad in Utah. It didn't get hit. It still got hit, but not quite yeah. as bad as Las Vegas. And so it just seemed to be a little bit better. So, yeah. Well, and it sounds like that's like kind of a long term, you know, like that affected you for a while. Oh, yeah. It wasn't just like like with the stories I'm talking about, you know, I lose a lawn, right? I'm on a lawn a week. But right. like failures can be any shape and size, you know, they can be, they can take forever. But I mean, if that hadn't have happened, we probably wouldn't have moved here. True. We wouldn't live in Utah. Right. Um, a lot of things would have been different, you know? You know, um, your mom says this all the time, but she says, she's like, every time we've had a really hard thing, you know, really like this, like what the story I just told, anytime we've had that, she's she says, it's like Heavenly Father's paving the way for us to find something better. And she's right. Like every one of those that has happened in our life, there was always something better on the horizon. On the other side. Right. But you have to go through all that crap to get to the other side and to feel like you actually got there or or to even realize. Um, I remember I worked at Living Scriptures. They um, sell these animated scripture movies, right? And the time came. I loved my boss and I loved the work that we did. Like it was just one of those jobs where I just I just liked it. You know, I liked yeah. what we did, I liked what we represented. I felt like there was a lot of uh evil in the world of entertainment and so I was like, you know, if we can sell these videos and help families have just a different choice. Um I just liked it. And and uh, but the time came to an end. Yeah. And it was kind of coupled with some hard things. So uh a lot of my managers got big offers to go sell solar and solar was on the rise at that point and so 
they all got these massive offers of a ton of money. I couldn't even blame them for leaving. But yeah. I had four managers leave. And so I almost was down to skeleton crew. And I was like, I have to rebuild this whole thing. Like, it was really discouraging. But the writing was also on the wall. Yeah. DVDs were going out. And I could tell because I would go into the mall. We would offer free DVDs for people to tell them about the videos. And I would talk to our prime client, which was these young families with kids. And I'd say, hey, do you guys want a free DVD? And they would say, man, I don't even have a DVD player at my house. And I'm like, what? And then every once in a while, they'd be like, well, I have an Xbox. I guess we could play it in the Xbox. Like, they literally just didn't think that way, which I know you don't have a DVD player. No. I don't have a DVD player anymore. But at the time, it seemed like something everybody had. And all of a sudden, none of the younger generation were getting DVD players. And streaming was on the rise. Like, it it wasn't... It, it wasn't as ubiquitous as it is now, sure. but it, it was, was a little big. different. It was growing. I knew it was time to leave. My boss knew it was time to leave. Yeah. And he came to me and he's like, well, he's like, you have two choices. We love you. And if you are going to commit and say, I will rebuild this, then we'll, we'll um, work with you, you know? And because uh, a lot of my revenue was gone like instantly. When you lose a manager, yeah. a lot of their team will quit. Like you just don't, it doesn't stay together the way. Um, you know, especially in direct sales. And then, um, but it, but they also said, if you want to move on, I understand that too. Here's the severance package. And I knew it was time to move on. And I cried. Like, I was just so upset because I had never really loved a job like that. You know, I'd never yeah. really loved my boss like that. Like, he's still a really close friend of mine. Yeah. And looking back on it, though, I needed that. It gave me the opportunity to grow into the next thing. And so sometimes failure is also a sign um, where it's like, hey, there's something better, something different or new on the horizon. So anyway, sometimes you just have to embrace it. But it never feels that way in the moment. No. You just want to be It's upset. always in hindsight that you're yeah. like, oh, that was that was actually a good thing. I'm glad that happened. Yeah. In the moment, though, it always sucks. Not in the moment. Yeah. I got a few of those right now where I'm like, ugh. Yeah, it's too. business. <laughs> it's like, ugh. You know, it's yeah. hard to think about them. But yeah. It's good though. Yep. And it's and it's normal. That's the that's the one thing that I learned, you know, like just it's only been a couple a couple years like officially, you know, with Roofmax, but right. you know, I've always watched people and you know, my role models and it just seems like everything goes so well for them. You don't ever see that side of things, but everybody everybody has their yeah. their failures and their things that have sucked and that they've lost tons and tons of money on and that they yep. think they'll never come back from and then they it always seems like you find a way. Yeah. So, and the social media world makes it even worse because we don't really post our failures. You know, we don't do no. that. But yeah, I'm not posting that picture of half of a lady's roof in her yard, <laughs> saying, "Hey, this customer that got sprayed a year ago." Got, maybe we should. I don't know. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I don't know. We could probably turn it around yeah. and get a little, you know, interview with her or something, and For make sure. it even better. You know, yeah. really turn it into a positive. But, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think our time is done. Should we wrap things up? Yeah. Okay, cool. Sounds good. So Make sure to embrace your failures. Embrace your failures and like and share the podcast. Um, yeah. I don't know what you're what you're listening on, but it's not that hard. Just go click the little button. It's either a like or you can rate it or yeah. leave a comment or whatever. So well, it just helps to hear about other people's failures too. For Something sure. Something that you learn from. It'd be cool to, to hear that. Yeah, so. share, share your stories about your failures that are not too crazy. I mean, and in if you had to flee the country, uh, don't tell us. <laughs> um we're also going to bring in kobe's siblings and his and his mom my wife 
Um, yeah. We're going to talk to him about business. I think it'll be fun. So next week it's gray, is right? Gray. Yeah. He's my 12-year-old, my youngest. Little bro. And he's funny. He's, he's, he's hilarious. He's awesome because he has this, like he's grown up around Kobe and I, you know, yeah. being the youngest and the only other boy. Yeah. He's always listening and we'll talk business. And then he'll go off to his friend's houses and he'll talk to their family about marketing or something. And he's like, well, that's like good marketing or whatever. And like he has an opinion on all this stuff. It's pretty sweet. That's so hilarious. it'll be fun to hear what his thoughts are on business. And right. he wants to be a YouTuber, a famous oh, yeah. YouTuber when he grows up. And He's so, getting there. <laughs> yeah. He's actually incredible at Rocket League. So I know. I don't know. Maybe he'll be a professional Rocket Leaguer. Yeah. So, are you we'll showing people how to play Rocket League? I don't know. Right. I guess we can ask him once he once he's on the podcast yeah, next week. I'm sure he has so a plan. Make sure and tune in, guys. Yep. Tune in so. next week. So, okay. All righty. Thanks, Bye. everybody. Bye.